Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 30 of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. My guest today is the doctor of talent, and boy, do businesses need her help these days. Dr. Alessandria Polizzi is the CEO of Verdant Consultant, a boutique talent development consulting firm focused on attracting, onboarding, engaging, and retaining top talent for your business as well as driving and sustaining change for your organization. Alessandria has over 15 years of experience with a variety of brands, including startups, small and mid-sized businesses, retailers and restaurants, technology, and nonprofits. She is also the host of the Be Verdant podcast and posts regularly on social media and her own blog. You can follow her using the hashtag B underscore verdant. Now, of course, we'll have to explain what B verdant is. Welcome, uh-huh. Alessandria. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, that very first question, because that's a <laughs> mouthful that I, I read, and it wasn't very smooth, but uh, that was a new word for me. And I understand that your uh, PhD is in English. Yes. <laughs> so you're one of those smart, one of those nerdy types, nerdy types that that really knows the meaning to all these big words. So, wow. first of all, tell us what verdant means, since that's the name of your business. Yeah, um, verdant means growth. It means thriving, flourishing. It means green. So a lot of times people will hear verdant fields. Um, And so when I was picking a name for my business, I wanted to highlight that stage of growth and um, focus on businesses that are growing and helping them thrive and flourish. And that's why I use the hashtag, hashtag be verdant, uh, because I want people to constantly be in that state of change and that state of growth um, and that that stage of, of continuing to flourish as an organization or as a person. Well, you know, um, I, I agree. If, if you're not growing, if you're not continually changing and evolving, you're going to be left behind in business. Absolutely. And uh, that one of the things that you focus on for businesses is a, a real uh, sore spot for many service business owners in mm-hmm. the country. And really, employers all across the country actually struggle with finding and, and developing and then keeping the best staff. That seems to be such a struggle. And uh, I own a maid service so it's completely staffed by you know uh, people who are going to get out in the field roll up their sleeves get their hands dirty and need to be able to show up every single day and do a good job and it's very hard to find people that want to work and I talk with maid services all over the country um, with my own consulting business that struggle with finding the best talent and then developing that talent and then keeping them after you pour all this time and energy into developing them. And I I know that's what you're hearing across the country. So tell us a little bit about why you got started, because that's probably not the first time you've heard that story. (laughs) Well, so 
it actually goes to the story you just shared, which is that person cleaning that house is representing you and your brand. And that's why that talent and that that person is so important to your business is because they represent you in the day-to-day interface with customers um, and uh, represent your brand. And and it, that's why they're so important, number one. Number two, uh, as we know, the economy is doing uh, much better than it had been and therefore our workforce is shrinking. And so there is what they call in HR circles a war for talent. And that's trying to find and retain the best of the best to represent your brand and to bring your brand to life for your customers. You know, it really is a war for talent because there are only so many people out there Mm -hmm. who are interested or available to work. And what do you say to the business that has had to, let's say, settle in the past for employees they would not normally hire because of qualifications or skills or just the way they present themselves and like you said they're going to represent my company what do you say to the businesses that have settled in the past for the wrong employees because they thought they had no other options um i would say um that that's a really great great question um what i would say one of the tips that i give small businesses is or any business is to hire for will and teach skill and I think that can be a mistake that people make is I'm, I'm going to settle for this person because they've done the job before, but they don't have the energy to bring that job to life. And I think in many skill-based industries, and I have, as you mentioned at the beginning, um, extensive experience in restaurant and retail in particular, those are skills that you can, cha- that you can train, but I can't train someone to smile. I can't train someone to care. And so I would say uh, never settle for attitude. That is really great advice, and that's one of the things that I've shared with maid services all over the country, Mm -hmm. where they will settle for someone because they have cleaning experience, and they will disregard maybe references that have said they have a bad attitude or that they were an absent problem, absentee problem, they weren't loyal, or they'll tolerate a bad employee oh. because they're good at the skill mm-hmm. and like what you just said you can teach skill you have to hire for will and absolutely. attitude absolutely absolutely the other thing i would say is never ignore bad performance ever um and if you are doing that you are you are undermining your business and your success your job as a leader of your business is to coach and train and provide feedback for your employees that is your job because again they represent your brand and so you can't you can't outsource that. Um, you can maybe hire leaders within your function if you don't feel comfortable with it and you're big enough, but you never, never ignore bad performance. You have to give the coaching the feedback because what if, what if that person has never been told that they have a bad attitude and no one ever spent the time with them to give them that feedback? Maybe they don't know. Maybe they want to be uh, a better performer. The other thing I've seen a lot, and I'm, I know we're kind of skipping around, but the other thing I've seen a lot is when that someone will be a quote unquote a bad performer, but what you find out is that they just don't know what they're supposed to be doing. You know, that's a really important point because you said something in the beginning of that statement that the owner's job, the entrepreneur's job, the person who's responsible that for that company is to coach and train, inspire and motivate that employee. Mm-hmm. And you can't just send someone through a training program, maybe it's one week or two weeks, send them out there, and then just kind of add up in the background without 
going to them all the things they do wrong and then one day bring them in and ream them out give them a warning disciplinary action and the next time this happens you're fired exactly that's the worst that's Uh, not coaching first of all that's not coaching so let me give you a data point um there in the learning circles um there's this this concept of the 70 20 10 um and that is that 10 percent of what you learn is through formal training 20 percent is through coaching and feedback and 70% is through on-the-job experience. So if I'm sending someone to training, that means that they're only building 10% of their skill. If they walk into that training with a bad attitude, they're learning nothing, okay? So if they don't feel like they're gonna be supported or that's gonna be reinforced, if they don't feel like they're gonna be appreciated, you have just wasted your money and that person's time. You know, that's interesting. I haven't really heard that concept of the 7-20-10, but it, it really makes sense because, you know, training and maintaining a good relationship with your staff this is a continual process you cannot send them through a program or a training exercise one time and then assume everybody's going to get it and then just fire those that don't get right, it exactly. or worse when you're shorthanded tolerate those who don't get it there right. is something in the middle here yeah absolutely it's called yeah. development exactly and it's called coaching and feedback and like i said sometimes and i have seen this I have multiple experiences with this where I, I will walk in, I will take over an organization and I'll have people who have been kind of earmarked as mm, we're not really sure if they can stay. And what I believe that everybody is the CEO of something. And if I'm the CEO of cleaning that, that house, if I'm the CEO of delivering um, a great meal, uh, I am the CEO of something. And so when you empower people in that way and you make their roles and their expectations very clear, many people step up. Some people don't, and those are the people you need to exit from the organization. But if you make those expectations clear and you support them, I find that many people will step up to that. You know, when you allow people to own something, and just like you said, they're the CEO of something, when you allow them to own it, they actually take more pride in it because they are a part of the process Mm -hmm. of success. Mm -hmm. If all they they get to do is sit on the sidelines and watch your success or other people's success, they lose motivation. They Mm -hmm. lose desire. Um, That is sometimes where attitude can seep in. Mm -hmm. Now, clearly, if somebody is a bad seed if they have a bad attitude if this is who they are at their core then you've got to learn that early on and deal with it like you said don't ignore it absolutely not absolutely not you need to and here's here's the number one thing that i would recommend if you have an employee who has a bad attitude is sit down with them one-on-one and ask them what's going on and you know don't assume that well of course people get it You might get it that you have to be friendly or you have to smile or you have to show a good attitude, but a lot of people really don't get it. They've never been told, like you said, that they have a bad attitude. Therefore, they've never addressed it. Maybe they've been fired over it, but no one ever tried to help them. You can provide that coaching, that guidance, that consulting, that feedback. Then if they won't affect change, then it's time to move on and allow them to find another job where Mm -hmm. they can have that great attitude. That's right, because nobody wants to be unhappy. After a quick break, we'll continue this discussion with Dr. Alessandria Polizzi, CEO of Verdant Consulting. It was an early morning yesterday. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at debbysardone.com. But I must be moving on. Who 
says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safe around pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. We know it's not easy dealing with a loved one who drinks too much, but there's help and hope at Elanon Family Groups. For a meeting near you, call 1-888-4-ELANON. That's 1-888-425-2666. The number one source for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back, everyone. We've been talking to Alessandria Polizzi, CEO of Verdant Consulting. And we've been talking today about how to find, develop, and keep the best talent. Now, Al, that is, and you told me during the break, I could call you Al Absolutely. for short because it's a beautiful name, but it's not always easy to say. No, it does not trip off the tongue. <laughs> no, it does not. So yes, I'll call you Al. That's a whole lot easier. And, you know, this is such a vital issue for businesses. This is an absolutely critical point for businesses. I literally talk to maid services all over the country and literally all over the world who struggle with the same problem. Yeah. And I started doing this because I worked for franchisors. So I've talked to franchisees who have the same problem. So be it restaurant, be it retail, um, any service industry, but quite frankly, any industry is suffering with the talent retention um, and talent acquisition. I think it's the number one pain of any service business. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be the number one obstacle to their growth. They cannot grow their business because they cannot find the right staff. And once they finally find them and invest in developing them, they can't seem to keep them. Mm -hmm. So what you do is very helpful and very needed. You're in a space that I think, uh, you know, there's endless opportunity for, for people that need your help. So one of the things I wanted to, to come back to is what are some of the challenges that small businesses face in this particular area that, that you've seen? Well, I think you hit on it. Um, it's the full pipeline. Well, number one, how do I attract the right people? Uh, once I get, how do I get a good pool, a good talent uh, flow, right? Uh, I want to get applicant. I want to get enough. It's a numbers game, it, really. How many, do I have enough people coming in the door um, to be able to pick from? I'm glad you brought that up because I teach that all the time. It is a numbers it game. It is a numbers you game. You cannot, beggars cannot be choosy. That's right. If you only have two people interviewing, mm -hmm. you're going to end up settling yep. for the one that's the least worst. <laughs> So talk about that. The least crappy yeah. solution, which is, I think, to your earlier question. So I think small businesses definitely struggle with getting applicant flow. Um, I think th then it's making the right selection. So a lot of times, like you said, they'll pick based on do they have have they done the work versus do they have the right energy and that spark that's going to really represent my brand. So, so businesses get a little lazy. Mm -hmm. Instead of hiring for attitude and will, which you mentioned in the first segment, they get lazy and it's like, oh, good, this person's already trained and I can get them started tomorrow. Yep. They're trying to solve that need and that need is to, it's yesterday right um and 
and th- they're so limited on time. And so I would say that that's an area that the small business is definitely any entrepreneur struggles with. Um, and I think when now let's say you have the people and now how do I coach them and develop them to make sure that they're really representing my brand at the at the quality they need and how to re- I retain them. So I would actually say to your the first thing you said at the beginning of, of the question, which was I have them onboarded and I'm developing them, but I can't retain them. I would say if you have them, if you made the right selection and you're developing retention is probably going to be as big of a problem because you've invested in those employees and you're showing them that you care and that they have a place with you. So, so many people are trying to retain the wrong staff in the first place. When you've hired out of emergency, Mm -hmm. instead of taking the time and carefully vetting them and, and looking for the right candidate for the job, when you've hired in haste, you know, and I like to say, hire slow, fire fast, what happens is you just kind of hang in there and try to develop the wrong people Mm -hmm. that are never going to be long-term in the first place. That's right. And you can promote them to customers is what we used to say. I like that. That's so much more positive than my way of saying, and you can fire them. (laughs) I like that. Promote them to customers. And you know, that's true. You really aren't doing anyone any favors Mm-mm. by keeping the wrong people on staff. No, no one wants to be in a job they hate. And no one wants to be around a jo- in a job, people who hate their job. So here's the thing. Um, you know, the bad apple, right, metaphor is that if you have employees who aren't performing and they're next to employees who are energized, they're going to be very demotivated because in their mind, it, it's not worth it. It's, you know, if that's okay, then what am I doing? And so um, you don't want that to spread. And so the longer you wait, the more employees you're going to get that reflect the bad performer than you are the good performer. Yeah, I've seen that over and over again. Bad employees pull good employees down. That's absolutely, or push them out. Or push them out. It's rare that you will see good employees pulling bad employees up. Mm-hmm. It's just <laughs> the luck of the draw if you ever see that happen. You, you cannot count on that. And so, you, like you said, one bad apple can poison the whole bunch, and it's true. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Attitude spreads. Attitude spreads. It's very hard to turn that back around once there's an attitude problem within an organization. It takes a lot of effort and pain and diligence to turn that back around and cut out the ones that are causing the problem. So what's interesting is I actually spoke to a gentleman yesterday. He owns 13 uh, sport clips. Um, and I think he's going to be a guest on, on my show. But he talked that, that that's actually how he's grown his business as he takes over um, the franchises that aren't doing that. And that's, he doesn't cut hair, but he knows how to run business and lead people. Exactly. He understands the service business. He's not delivering the service himself, Mm -hmm. but he gets it. Mm -hmm. He understands it. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that in any industry. It doesn't matter if it's carpet cleaning or, or house cleaning or cutting hair. There are entrepreneurs that do not understand how to staff the talent and they can't grow and they suffer and they never realize the profits they had hoped and they go out of business or they get snatched up by someone who says, well, I know how to do that. Here's another thing I see is they are too uh, fiscally conservative to invest in the labor they need to deliver the quality of service. So sometimes you have to hire more than you may need in a crisis point to make sure that the customer service is best in class. So they may, oh, I'm, I don't, I know I should probably have three people working the line, but I can't afford it, so I'm gonna have two. And that means it takes longer to deliver. The quality of what I deliver is poor. 
I'm not having great customer service because I have two people doing the job of four. And so what they'll end up doing is it becomes this spiral of, I don't have enough people, so I'm not making enough money. So therefore I have to cut people, which means I'm not going to bring enough money. And then down down you go. And like you said, it's spiraling downward. Now you had, you said it very eloquently. Basically it's when the business owner is too cheap to do (laughs) what is best for their company. And that is invest in your employees. Absolutely. Invest in your training, invest in your development. And guess what? It will pay off. It doesn't cost, which is what they're looking at. They're looking at the cost. They're looking at labor. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cost if you invest in the right staff. Obviously it will cost you if you invest in the wrong ones. The return on investment, the ROI means you're going to increase sales and increase growth and customer satisfaction and customer loyalty. Absolutely. So there's the benefits of doing it right. Um, Before we lose... Uh, time and go into our next break, I'd love to find out just what are some of the top tips that you have for turning up or, or tuning up an organization's talent? What, what are some very specific and tangible tips that you can help us with? Um, well, I have three, again, because we don't have a lot of time, but three. Number one, um, if you're a small business owner and you are early, early days, look at your day-to-day work and see, um, are there things that you're doing that maybe aren't leveraging your talents? They aren't the things that you love or that drag you down and look for opportunities to outsource and look, I mean, there's a gig economy that's growing. We can talk about that next in the next segment if you'd like, but there's opportunities for you to outsource work and add talent without necessarily hiring full-time employees. So that's number one. Number two, if you do have staff, make sure everyone knows what their role is and what what it takes to be successful and how they're doing. Those all you need, they need to know all three at all times. So it, clarity, clarity, and it can't be only the people who aren't doing well. I'm going to talk to them when I suddenly my temperature, you know, the heat rises. I'm fed up with them. Exactly. And then sit down and look at your long-term business goals. What's the talent you're going to need to get there? Don't just look at, oh, what I want to be for my business, but who are the people I need that will get me there? And then all of those three things, write them down. Spend an hour a month just writing down and looking at your people plan. And you'll have that hour a month if you do, like you said in the beginning of that statement, is take a look at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you don't have time to spend on developing your talent, if you don't have time finding and screening the right staff and you're always hiring in a hurry, you're you're really behind the eight ball when it comes to hiring, then you're never going to take that hour a month or whatever you need. Well, the other thing is, is you can also outsource hiring. Um, There are lots of... uh, contract recruiters who will gladly help you find the talent that you need. So even that you don't have to do. We can't be good at everything. That's exactly right. And if we find that we're always hiring the wrong people, no matter how much time we invest, then sometimes it's time to just outsource. That's right. So Jay Marks, who was actually a guest on your show a couple of times, he talked about getting a knee surgery and he didn't see the doctor outside mowing the lawn. Right. And so that he, he, I think he said that very nicely, which is do what you love, do what you're good at, and then get resources to help you. Exactly. Stop being a technician in your own business, the Michael Gerber e-myth concept. Uh, Stop cutting the hair and start developing and hiring and screening and vetting and training the Mm -hmm. hairstylist so you can grow your business. And that that makes you a business leader. It does. It Absolutely. absolutely does. 
So this has been a great conversation, and we're definitely going to continue this right after the break. When we come back, we'll hear more from Alessandria Polizzi of Verdant Consulting. If you're enjoying this episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, give us a rating on iTunes today. Hi, I'm Debbie Sardone, founder of Cleaning for a Reason. Our mission is to give the gift of free house cleaning for women undergoing treatment for any type of cancer. Our goal is to let these brave and strong women focus on their health while we focus on and take the worry out of cleaning their homes completely free of charge. To learn more on how you can help provide the gift of a clean home to a woman battling cancer, visit cleaningforareason.org. The Center for Animal Research and Education is a nonprofit providing a permanent home to over 50 abused and abandoned big cats in DFW. Come out for a tour and meet our amazing lions, tigers, and leopards. For more information, go to carerescuetexas.com. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back, everyone. Now, everyone in business needs a little help. Even consultants have business dilemmas and challenges. So this segment is the lightning round segment where you can share a business challenge and I'll see if I can help you solve it. And so, Alessandria... What can I help you with specific today in your business? Uh, well, I, I'm glad that I get some free <laughs> consulting. So that was exciting. Um, it's always fun. Right. Uh, I'm a n- relatively new business. And so for me, uh, one of the areas that I struggle with is really, you know, you mentioned that there are a lot of businesses who need help in this area, but I um, would love your thoughts on how I can get in front of them. You know, um, that's obviously the dilemma that most businesses have is how do I get in front of more qualified customers? Because mm-hmm. we can all get in front of everybody. Right. That's easy. It's a noisy space out there and we can make a lot of noise and get in front of everybody. But how do we get in front of qualified customers? And a qualified customer is somebody who is ready, willing, and able right. to afford our services. Right. I get a lot of encouragement of, oh, you're going to be great. I think this is, you're going to be fantastic. But I, need to get statements of work not enough people whipping out the credit cards <laughs> exactly. saying that and and i know they're saying boy you're really good at what you do and i remember in the early days of my consulting business i've been doing business consulting and training now for over 10 years and what i did in the beginning was establish my platform and my niche right off the bat with a lot of free advice which doesn't really pay the bills in the beginning but and it doesn't mean you have to always give free advice but I found platforms where I could go and speak that they they weren't paying for speaking uh, find a trade show industry that you resonate well with and volunteer to speak at their trade shows hold workshops obviously podcasts are a great way for the public to hear what you have to offer um, jump on Periscope and do live broadcasting and you can broadcast a tip a day but one of the best ways to start is for you to define your ideal client because your ideal client is not everyone in business who needs help. 
And that's the same thing for the cleaning industry. The ideal client is not everyone who has a dirty house and can afford us. Those are not ideal clients. So the minute you define your ideal client, who are you the best in the world at helping? And I think you said earlier that one of your niches is the restaurant retail industry. Mm -hmm. And if you're the best in the world at helping the restaurant industry, especially the mom and pop restaurants that are struggling, they don't have franchise support and conventions and free webinars by by their franchise uh, or franchisees that are disenfranchised, that are kind of discouraged and they are a part of a network that isn't very helpful. If you find your niche, and it sounds like that's one of your niches, and, and you know sometimes people are afraid to I- identify their niche because they think, oh, well, that means people think I can't help them if they're not in my niche. That's not true. But when you define your niche and you can declare, I am the very best choice in the world at helping you staff and develop and keep the best talent in a restaurant industry, you will not lack for customers. There, the need is huge. But when we try to be all things to everybody, nobody's really ready to whip out their, their checkbook or their credit card. So find your niche, dominate it, become known as the best in the world at helping that niche, and then get in front of them with free speaking opportunities. Get in front of them and volunteer to be the speaker on workshops. And oftentimes, you get your foot in the door by talking about a different topic, like if you're amazing at marketing, and I know you said you're, you're good with time management and operations for the entrepreneur. You can speak on a different topic as long as you know at their core what their biggest pain is. We all know their biggest pain is labor. Mm-hmm. So you get in front of that group with a topic that maybe was so compelling, and then they hear you have other skills and other um, uh, things in your portfolio that you can help them with. I know I started my business speaking for free and offering free advice and free tips and consulting. And what I've also found is when you get in front of people that are in pain and and need a solution to that problem, and they hear how good you are, maybe it's a free 30-minute consult. I mean, to this day, 10 years later, I still offer a free 30-minute consult to evaluate their needs. It's all by phone, so I don't have to travel or go anywhere. And you get in front of, and like you said, it's a numbers game. If you get in front of 10 people, three are going to buy. Because you identify what is their pain. You exhibit how you will solve that problem for them. And price will not be an issue for the person who's sincere about solving the problem. They won't say, well, gee, you're kind of expensive. They will say, and especially if you demonstrate to them how much money you will lose. Mm-hmm. How much money you'll leave on the table because you didn't grow this next year if you don't hire me today? If you wait six months when you technically can afford it, if you show them how you will solve that problem for them permanently and how much money will be put in their pocket because of hiring you, I think they will line up. But they, they need exposure. It's a numbers game. You need exposure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to yeah. get out there. Yeah. That's good advice. Nail your niche. That is, and that's one reason why I've done business consulting specifically in the maid industry, because I know that industry like the back of my hand. Now, do I consult with other businesses? All the time. But I've made a name for myself consulting with maid service owners. Mm -hmm. And that's the niche that I can help the most. I can be the best in the world at helping. And it's interesting you mentioned the franchise, um, because... With co-employment laws, 
actually the franchisors are wanting to provide less and less support in this space in particular. Um, so I know that from a franchisee perspective, especially once you start to grow, um, you really, there is a need for support. You know, that's a really good point, because like you said, there is so much liability that they don't want to get too specific with advice, but they know people need specifics. They don't need generalities. Mm -hmm. We can get that anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a great niche for you to focus on is to go into the franchise industry. And oftentimes they hold conferences and conventions and they'd rather hand that liability off to you as a speaker. And I'll speak all day long for free if I get to speak in front of my niche because I can sell thousands of dollars worth of my training products and solutions and even one-on-one consulting to that group once I'm able to establish, wow, she gets me. She, she knows exactly what I'm going through. And once you're able to get in front of that group with pain, the group with pain, once they see she gets me, she's been in my shoes before and she has the solutions, you will not have a problem signing them up so let's move on thanks for uh, letting me work on a dilemma with you i love the lightning round segment Um, but let's keep moving forward to help business owners who are are listening with uh, finding and developing the best talent within their company Um, can you tell us if there are any trends that you're seeing because i know how uh, business is constantly evolving and constantly changing. I used to say, you're going to see dramatic change in your business every five years. But I think that's shortened mm-hmm. with the internet and, and the way things change so quickly in the digital space. Are you seeing any trends? Absolutely. Well, let's start with the internet. Um, leveraging technology to find talent is huge. And there are um, a bunch of new uh, providers who can make that available on the cheap so that you can use social media, you can use, I mean, everybody uses Craigslist and job boards to find talent. So I think leveraging technology, um, getting beyond putting a now hiring sign in your window and calling calling it done, um, I think, and you know, moving off of paper um, is one of the trends I'm seeing. The other one was something I actually referenced earlier, which is what is called the gig economy. And that is- Yeah, tell us about the gig (laughs) gig economy. So that's, there's lots of articles on it, but uh, my my point of view is that the gig economy is really about the fractional solutions. In other words, uh, a lot of people available who can do small project-based work for you versus having to be full-time employees. And that um, that trend is growing immensely. Uh, there are websites where you can find them. So in many ways, people become it's a global economy at a small for the small business owner. So even um, I mentioned to you earlier, I spoke with your um, assistant, and she's not here in Dallas. She's in Florida. Um, and so you have a virtual assistant. That, that's a great example. My logo on my um, for my business, I got through Fiverr. Um, and so I think the gig economy is in many ways the space I'm personally playing in, which is I, no, you don't need to hire an HR leader, but maybe you need a handful of prob- problems solved. And so the gig economy kind of addresses those in a very targeted way. I'm really glad you mentioned the gig economy because I I do talk about Fiverr quite a bit and Upwork and some of these other resources. When we are strapped for talent, 
when talent is scarce and we end up using these highly skilled people that we've hired and developed on menial tasks that can be outsourced online for literally pennies on the dollar compared mm-hmm. to the, the staff that's working in your office. That's right. I mean, nowadays, obviously, starting in December, anyone on salary is going to their their minimum pay per the federal government will be forty eight thousand dollars a year. So long gone is the salaried employee that's making thirty two thousand dollars or thirty five thousand. Yet we have them doing little simple spreadsheet tasks or or little creative design work that might take them several hours to create when their skills could be applied elsewhere. Mm-hmm. That could have been outsourced. So I'm really grateful that you mentioned the gig economy. And uh, I definitely want to talk with you a little bit more about trends and millennials and so forth. So after we come back from the break, we'll hear more from Alessandria Polizzi of Verdant Consulting. Don't go away. We'll be right back. It was early morning yesterday. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at debbysardone.com. But I must be moving on. For America's wounded warriors, coming home can be a battle in itself. The USO provides ways for all of us to support our wounded warriors. Join us. Visit USO.org to learn how you can make a difference in their Everyone lives. hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We're back, everyone, and we've been talking to entrepreneur, business owner, Alessandria Polizzi of Verdant Consulting. Now, right before we took a break, we were talking about some of the trends, Al, that you are seeing in the employment space. So I think you had a couple more after we we talked about the gig economy. What else are you seeing in terms of trends? Well, I think we've been talking about it a lot, which is just the shrinking workforce. So that pain is a big trend. Um, Another thing is um, something called the silver tsunami, which is the pending retirement of a lot of people. And so that's in your larger businesses. Um, And then... um, the impact of millennials as a result of that. So as we have a lot of boomers start to retire, somebody has to fill those spots. And so there's, there's a lot of anxiety about how do we prepare and ready the millennial workforce to be successful in leadership roles. Um, the millennial generation, I think they're reaching 30 now. What? Yes, I know. <laughs> um, and so, and some of my clients actually, they're hiring the generation after them, right? 16 year olds. Um, and so, uh, how do you really uh, meet those, that generation where they are? So, that's a big area. And then the other one is the what I call the blurring of brands. So, there's a lot of, um, I think there's an antiquated notion that your external brand is different than your internal brand. And that is really no longer the case. 
um, how your employees feel about working with you is going to be very clearly expressed externally uh, to your customers. And so um, I've actually heard one person say that there's no more marketing more impactful than the performance of your lowest and behavior of your lowest paid employee. In other words, wow, ouch, right? Yeah, how that employee shows up with your clients and your customers is is the best investment that you can make from a marketing perspective. And this generation is very vocal. The younger generation is vocal and they're not loyal like their parents or grandparents were to the job. Right. And actually, so it's, that is some of the impact of millennials. And I love that you use that word because here's what I hear a lot and it drives me up the wall is I hear, oh, millennials are different because they want feedback. They want to know how they're doing and they want to have career growth. I don't know about you, but I'd like to have that. And I'm not a millennial. What I'm not necessarily is as vocal as the millennial generation. And that's because they're used to having a platform and being able to express their needs. And so I think that is something that is definitely unique about that generation. And we need to understand, especially if we are baby boomers, if we're the business owner, we're in the baby boomer generation, we are not going to change that about them. We cannot change others. The only person in the whole world we can change is us. That's right. And we're not going to change the fact that they're vocal. That's right. So how do we leverage that really and um, use that to our advantage? And that's by investing in them giving them a platform. And if you don't want them to speak about your business, that talks about how well you think you're doing as a business, right? So if you're afraid that employees sharing their opinion of your business is going to make you look bad, you're not doing a good job taking care of your employees. It's time to work on internal issues. That's right. Versus control. Exactly. I saw an article a couple days ago from HR Grapevine that talked about the trends in HR. And one of them, number two, actually, if I recall, was loosing the reins on social media. That is in 10 years, this whole uh, control piece, I think, is going to it's just it's going to leave. It's kind of like, you know, if you can't lick them, join them. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, think about you mentioned Periscope, right? And for those who don't know about Periscope, Periscope broadcasts out to the world. Uh, We've actually used it live. live. So we've used it for our parrot. We call it Parrot Scope. People like to watch our parrot. Run or fly How around. fun. I may have to follow your parents. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that's everywhere. Live streaming on Facebook, live streaming on, uh, I think Instagram now has that. So um, I, that's just where we are and we can't, uh, it, we can't hide from it. So let's try to embrace it. Right. You cannot hide your internal brand. It is already out there, whether you know it or not. Yep. Your employees are your brand ambassadors. Absolutely. And I teach people, I had a, 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 a webinar last night with over a hundred Uh, maid service owners all over the country on my webinar. And one of the things I said was oftentimes business owners forget that their most important customer in their company is their internal customer. Mm -hmm. People never, I'm not going to say never, but so often business owners don't see the employee as the internal customer who literally is in a position to make or break you. Absolutely. Whether it's social media, whether it's just the attitude they portray. Yep. And just think about those horror stories we've seen of employees posting something on social media, rats, um, food falling on the ground. Okay. Um, and I've Spitting worked on the pizza. Okay, exactly. Mm-hmm. I've worked for those brands actually. Yes. And um, think about, how that employee got to a a point in their experience with that brand that felt like I don't care anymore and I'm just going to throw it all away. Exactly. Bitterness, resentment, all of it. it. And I think oftentimes 
it's not necessarily a specific overt scenario that you could have addressed. Mm. It's like you said earlier, it's just ignoring a problem, ignoring performance issues, not dealing with it until you're fed up. That's when this stuff begins to brew. And I would actually say it's getting before there's a problem. So why don't we recognize the positive? Why don't we focus on the strengths? Why don't we take that? There's a whole philosophy, and I've worked for very strong employee recognition brands that really have set the bar on employee recognition. Recognize your employees, just like you do your customers, right? You talked, you had a, a segment on um, marketing and recognize your employees and, re- I mean, your customers and rewarding them. Do that for your employees as well recognize and take the time to recognize the behavior you want so that you can drive that behavior in others. Do your employees feel like VIPs Mm -hmm. or do they feel like the peons? Mm -hmm. That's where recognition, but genuine and sincere recognition. Not a good job. Yeah, not not just tied to, gee, I want to get more out of you, so I'm going to pat you on the back today. So that's another trend going to trends is that there are new technologies that make that super easy and personal so that you can, instead of giving someone, let's just say, a $100 gift card, there are um, platforms that you can use that allow people to customize those recognitions where instead of a $100 gift card, it's tickets to go see a concert. It's tickets to the Rangers game. It's um, a nice meal. And, um, and that doesn't have to be hard. But that's personal. And, and what it shows is I know you as a person and I recognize and appreciate the time that you've invested in my brand. You know, I really like hearing that very specific, tangible tip. Is there a, a particular website or app that you can recommend for this? Or should we just Google I would recognition? Rather, I would rather Google it than me like advocate the, for rec- one. Yes, because you know what? They are constantly changing. Absolutely. An app that I recommended on a webinar about two weeks ago no longer exists. <laughs> and I had just discovered it about four months ago. If only you had done yeah. it four months ago, maybe they'd still be exactly. around. Exactly. <laughs> I should have recommended them more. But you're right. It's it it the point is the technology is available it may come and go um because we've seen how technology comes and goes but if you know it's available you can go online and look for and it and if you know your employees then you know what they what's important to them right and and versus it being kind of this peanut butter approach exactly you know millennials are different mm-hmm. than those of us that are you know in business as as baby boomers or so, Gen Xers or I, Gen Xers getting forgotten. Yes, I'm going to call us the forgotten generation. I know they're, they're a smaller group, but, <laughs> but, it, but what impact since many of us are working with millennials, what impact are these millennials having on that whole people process in a small business? Well, I think we've touched on several, but I'll sum them up, which is number one, they're very brand conscious. So they want to work Um, What what we're seeing is that a lot of millennials will place importance on the brand. In other words, they, the definition of work and life, those are blurred. So they don't really see them as separate. I work for this company, but I'm something else. They're very much the same. And a classic example of that are millennials want to work at Starbucks because it's cool, even if they had to work for a dollar less per hour than maybe a fast food chain. That's not cool. Exactly. Exactly. So that's... uh, a, a couple of the, the trends I'm seeing. This, the, the other one we talked about is really about social media being integrated into their life. Technology is integrated into their life. There's a Nielsen study that shows how many of them use the phone, um, sleep next to their phone, or use the phone in the bathroom. So technology isn't extra. It's part of how I live. 
And then the other thing I'm seeing is we talked a lot about, which is them being very vocal about their expectations and their expectations are pretty specific. They want to know that they're important. They want to, they want to feel like they're developing and they want to feel like they actually have an opportunity to grow. They want to see three or four steps down the line. The joke is they want to be promoted within the first six months, but okay, let's kind of pull that apart, which is I want to know that I'm important. I want to know that I'm growing and I want to feel like there's a path for me. So maybe you don't have levels in your organization. This might be a time for you to think about building levels in your organization so that maybe you have a, a, a junior uh, customer service representative and a senior customer service representative or something like that that will help really differentiate and allow people to kind of um, aspire to develop. Are there any specific technologies that are impacting the millennials? Well, I would say there's technology that's impacting talent and it's everywhere. I think one, um, if you look at the full talent pipeline, there are a, a plethora of acquisition, talent acquisition software that you can use. Now, I wouldn't say implement a full, what they call ATS, because that's, I think, a little bit bigger than what you need. But I think there are lots of... Um, platforms that enable you to find and select talent and also make applic applying for your jobs very, very easy. So web-based applications, you can do something as simple as a QR code or texting even, where if I text jobs to this address, I get back a link that takes me to a job app that I can just fill out three pages. And you want to make that application process very simple for them because that's the expectation. So even just getting talent in the door technology can be helpful. I think that was a brilliant suggestion, very specific and tangible and a great way to wrap things up where you mentioned you can use a QR code and uh, what was that? There was texting one, and texting. I mean, that is that generation. We have to quit doing things the old school way. That generation is not paying attention to some of the old ways that we've been getting in front of new candidates. So that was a wonderful discussion. I think anyone who wants more information can go find your podcast and tell us the name of your podcast. Uh, my podcast is called Be Verdant. Be Verdant. And of course, we've been talking today with Alessandria Polizzi of Verdant Consulting. And please make sure you mark your calendar and join us again next time as we talk about how you can clean up in business and in life.